you're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. This is Let's Bogart. The podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Ah, buds, it's so great to have you back. Uh, Thanks for listening to all these episodes. Uh, I'm recording quite a few of them ahead of time, so we've only so far released the first episode. But uh, the response has been really, really nice. And I'm happy that you're all listening and seeming to be enjoying yourselves. Uh, uh, This is so much fun. I'm excited to just get you right into the episode today. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we did. Uh, We paired up Color Cannabis's Pedro's Sweet Sativa, which is a sativa that's grown in southern Ontario. It, it has a 16, between 16 and 22% THC yields. And uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great little, uh, it's a great little kick that I've never actually tried before. So, uh, though it's a really popular one, I, I don't, uh, tend to go after the sativa. So this was a, a really fun experience to get to do it. Um, uh, we watched, we, so we smoked that and we paired that with the fifth element, which was released May 9th, 1997. It's rated PG 13 in, in the States and 14 a in Canada. And it's two hours and six minutes long, and it's one of my uh, the 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 first movie that I ever owned on VHS that like I owned. I got to buy it. <laughs> so I talk a little bit about that with my mom. She doesn't care. You probably don't either. It's fine. Uh, but I got to do all of this, smoke and watch, and then uh, get to discuss with my good friend. And I want you to, to get to know her. So, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about our guest who's on the show today? Today's guest is a mother and a theater creator, a permanent resident of Canada, and originally from Tel Aviv, Israel. In what was to be her second season at the Stratford Festival, the Stratford uh, Shakespeare Festival, she was cast as Margaret in Much Ado About Nothing and Catherine of Aragon in Wolf Hall before the entire theater industry imploded due to COVID. (laughs) As an actor, you might recognize her from her roles in Stratford's Nathan the Wise and Birds of a Kind in Why Not Theater's acclaimed hit Prince Hamlet on episodes of Murdoch Mysteries, Dark Matter, which I was on too, Saving Hope, or in the short film Go Tell Ricky Scrotum, which is my new favorite credit of hers. She played Abigail Williams in Soul Peppers The Crucible. She worked with Harold Green, Jewish Theater, Pro Art Danza, and Sex T-Rex, all with an expertise in collective creation, puppetry, and support, sporting a deft ability with both comedy and drama. She's a graduate of George Brown Theater School and the Soul Pepper Academy, and I have had my life very blessed because I get to call her my friend. Please welcome Hannah Miller! Yo. Yo, how's it going, buddy? Okay, that was quite the kickoff. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> you, you, you have quite the illustrious career. I, you know, I want that, people to know. That title that you like so much, I wasn't in that. I know, is that what? I'm, I know. Is that IMDb? There's yeah, man. Yeah. I have had that problem happen yeah. with so many people so far because everyone's IMDb is, is total nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It's total- How did that happen? Why, why did they think that you're in it? Maybe there's another Hannah Miller out there. Ew. <laughs> well, that's too bad. 
Well, I, I have many favorite credits of yours. I'll find <laughs> I'll find another one with a funny name. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Hannah, you're you're on Let's Bogart with me right now, and uh, we want to know uh, what was your first time smoking cannabis like? Ooh, um, wow! It was a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, I was probably 16, 17. Yeah, something like that. Like end of high school, just before I went into the army. Sure. Yeah. And then, you and know, what, all throughout the army, but don't tell Israel. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the cannabis culture like in Israel? Oh, it was like... Gotta be different than Yeah, Canada. there was like no green to be found. You got, you got brown, you got hash. Um, sure. It was all like just you get a like, brown log and you like burn tip off and you you know it's all sticky and gross and put that in your cigarette and smoke it. <laughs> just in cigarette, eh? Like roll like roll the hash up like a blunt. Yeah, in in tobacco, like in cigarette oh, tobacco. Man. Yeah, break up oh, the cigarette, shit. take all the tobacco out. Yeah, it was like a whole process. But there was like no green in Israel at the time. Holy shit! Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite cannabis moment? Like a favorite night that you, you got high? Oh, wow. Oh, so many. And I often don't remember. That's um. one, of the, one of the things that goes along with being in cannabis is you have a really great time and, and you can't really remember why. Also, like even if you try to retain, you know, the memories or the jokes, the next day they just seem so silly. I've done so many things. I've like, like, oh, we've got to write this down because this is brilliant. This is going to be the new movie that we write. This and, is genius. Like, yeah, yeah. And then the next <laughs> recording, day, recording, what is this just like mean? laughing to each other, and you're like, oh, I don't even know what it is. What we're are laughing we about. saying? I know. <laughs> well, but there was like there were a few times where I would hang out with Sex T Rex, and usually in Caitlin and Sean's um, living room, and we would all kind of smoke a joint and talk. And when we were working on a show called Leviathan, it's a sci-fi show. Um, there were many, many good times just goofing around, fucking around with ideas and just picking up some puppets and going nuts. Yeah. I imagine that's fun. Cause for me, like when I, when I'm high, I do tend to like revert. Like I want to, I want to play games and I want to like play with toys and stuff. So <laughs> having a puppet around to just like, let's make a puppet out of this and just do a skit. I, I imagine that that's gotta be pretty fun with that group. Yeah. It's pretty, it's fun. It, it's like, you know, like when you're in the presence of an actual puppeteer, it's like probably pretty cringy for them, you know, cause you're not, <laughs> you're not doing a good job, you know, like, hey. Have you had that? Have you had people like be like, oh, I can do this puppet shit. Look at this. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get your start in puppets? Uh, my buddy, Caitlin. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, uh, Caitlin grew up as a part of, um, their father runs uh, Mermaid Theater of Nova Scotia. Uh, so they grew up around puppets, um, and they were always really into it and stuff. And there was like a, a exercise we had to do in theater school. We were in theater school together, and we had to do this like vocal mask thing. It's like a thing that all theater schools do. It's really quite horrible. <laughs> and we we just kind of you, you you get to have a prop or whatever. And Caitlin was just so like amazing, you know, animating anything. So. Um, so that's where kind of it started. It started with a white rope that turned into a million different puppets. And then it was just like, my imagination was sparked. 
Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I remember sitting in in classes with you and watching you just pick up any inanimate object and start making it like breathe and think and like the the really specific work that makes something look like it's alive. Like your brain, no matter how old you are, no matter how like I just saw this rope that you just picked up. I know that it's not alive, but your brain immediately yeah. goes back into like, wow, that's. I think it's a really cool exercise for everyone, uh, actors and just just people who are alive, you know, like I think because it forces you to sort of focus on the nanoseconds, you know, you have to break everything Mm -hmm. down and, you know, not to sound too like Fifi Lala, but like (laughs) it just sort of forces you to focus on like you can't just breathe. You have to inhale hold it exhale you know what i mean everything just kind of has to break down to the to the micro aspect of it and i think that's a really good exercise for to slow down and to just like just the task at hand like you can't you can't rush it you know it's it's such meticulous small work and it pays off so beautifully Um, yeah so it's i find it very fulfilling Yeah, it's a very kind of Zen idea too. the idea of just focusing on breath, like just just breathing in and breathing out consciously. I think that's also a thing in in cannabis, like you're you're breathing something in and breathing something out. You're 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 not just on automaton mode. Yeah, you're you're really having to uh, manipulate things. And if you're doing it consciously, I think it can open up a a whole world of of wonders that we are usually world of wonders (laughs) oh no yeah okay i'm hearing how i sound (laughs) going disney on me (laughs) (laughs) so today we uh you chose uh uh pedro's sweet sativa from color cannabis yeah uh, is this uh, is this a favorite strain of yours? Is is it one that you you like? Uh, I I had smoked it before, but I don't know I, I don't know much about weed. Honestly, it's like okay. it's a fucked up situation when you've been smoking. I don't want to say how many years, but since <laughs> you were fifteen years old or sixteen sure. years old, and you don't know anything about it, you know that just speaks to our generation and like how ill educated we are on this subject. It's too bad. Well, and with with prohibition having been what it has been for so long, like it, it when the the commodity becomes is is usually coming from the gray market, and you're you're hoping that somebody has something. You're not really going like, okay, well, what kind of yeah, fuck you know, it, what like, do you got? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you have something? And is like, it green? Yeah. Can I smoke it? What's Great. cheap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, but, yeah, I've always just kind of smoked whatever has been around, you know, like, uh, I haven't really, you know, I never, you know, this was my first time going to, like, a weed max store, you know, and going to the Genius oh, Bar and, like, yeah. hey, like. What, what store did you go to? I went to Tokyo Smoke. Oh, okay, and uh, which Tokyo Smoke, do you mind me asking? Not at all. Queen West, um, Queen and Gladstone, yeah, Queen and, yeah whatever that is, yeah. And how was your experience going in there? Were people nice? I didn't get to go in. Uh, Oh, of course. That's right. Because it's pandemic times. Just the window. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're really nice. They're really helpful. I was like, there's this, I didn't remember the name, but I was like, there's this, you know, like, it's like daytime, creative, unlocking. Like when she said it, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pink, whatever you said. <laughs> She's like Pedro Sweet Sativa. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was. It. I mean, I liked it. It was. Um, it was strong. Like I. Yeah. I don't 
smoke that much anymore and you know it's kind of a little bit here and there and usually it's like homegrown or sure you know so this was a little bit like oh my heart is racing <laughs> a bit of a kick yeah holy moly <laughs> like you know um it's kind of like what i would imagine plugging into the matrix feels like sure you know you're just like i could I get up yeah or, or yeah exactly and like i could get up and do it but i could also yeah. just do it in my mind you know like <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah, that's how I I mostly have been. Like I, I've been a medicinal user for some years now, so I've started learning a little bit. But then, since working at Superette, I've been trying to do a little bit more research and and try to figure out stuff because I'm trying to not only help myself get the thing that I'm looking for, but also trying to help other people with with the getting the cannabis experience that they are hoping for. Mm -hmm. Which when you're just buying anything off the street from whoever's brother-in-law, <laughs> uh, you can't really, you can't really cultivate that experience in the same way. Oh yeah. And like knowledge is always better than not knowledge, right? Like of course, you're, yeah. the, why the, why the hell not? I, I like, you know, I, I'm so interested in what I eat and like what, you know, what I put into sure. my body, whatever. And then I'll just smoke whatever. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't compute. Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of research on this. It, it, sweet, Pedro Sweet Sativa is a crossbreed. It's a Canadian crossbreed between a Dominican Sativa. And I couldn't, I, I looked around and read it to see if anyone could actually place exactly which one it is. No one knows. So it's a, a Dominican Sativa and white Russian, um, mm. along with an unknown Indica. Mm. So they're very secretive about where these uh, these strains are coming from. Yeah, intentionally all, vague. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want to keep the keep our options the, open. What is that? The KFC, the the herbs and spices. Yeah, exactly. secret sauce. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, but it's grown in Strathroy, Ontario, which is just outside of London, Ontario, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I was looking at which terpenes come in so i'm trying to figure out what what terpenes in which plants do different things to me because you you can read like how much what the percentage is of thc in the product mm -hmm. to see kind of how strong it is but because everyone's system is completely different the way that your body and your cannabinoid endocannabinoid system reacts to it uh, could be determined more by which terpenes are in the plant than just what the THC level is. Um, and the terpene, uh, the terpenes that are really present in this one are alpha pinene, beta caryophylline, beta myrcene, and beta pinene. And so the <laughs> thing that I didn't know reading that was I I've seen like pi like pinene is like a um, the thing that's in like pine trees and rosemary and stuff that like it's kind of a sharp like awaken kind of scent when you when you smell it or taste it um so to have both alpha pinene and beta pinene i was like isn't that just pinene like what's what's the difference between those and i found an answer for it hannah go for it so alpha pinene and beta pinene are both composed only of hydrogen and carbon molecules. So they're classified as hydrocarbons. The alpha and beta forms of pinene are related to one another in that they are constitutional isomers, which means they both have the same chemical formula, but a different atom connectivity. 
So the difference between them molecularly is the placement of the alkene, which is the like the carbon-carbon double bond. Um, on alpha pinene, the alkene is located inside the six-member ring, but in beta pinene, it's located outside the six-member ring. So other than that, they're like identical, identical molecularly. But apparently, they're both uh, in this strain. I feel like the young blonde guy in Breaking Bad <laughs> when... <laughs> You know, like listening, Jesse Plemons, yeah. yeah, like listening to you speak, and I'm just like, so what do I do? Like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I still don't really understand what a six member ring is, and I, I'm not a scientist, so sounds I'm sexy. Still, it does <laughs> sounds like the party at Eyes Wide Shut. Like, <laughs> are you here for the six member ring? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I really, but I, yeah, I, I, I liked this. It's supposed to have um, hints of sweet citrus and earthy scent and taste. Um, I definitely got the, I didn't really get a lot of earthiness, uh, but I did, I did smell the sweet for sure. Yeah. Just like opening up the, the thing. It really, it feels kind of like Christmassy, I mm -hmm. guess in December right now. Mm -hmm. So it just, everything feels that way. But it was, yeah, it was a good one. I, I hadn't actually smoked it before, but I, I liked it. And I like uh, some other of color cannabis and stuff. So I'm, I'm definitely going to get it again. Definitely one that I would want to do work. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I would, like, use it to, you know, if I had, like, a draft of something, you know, like, sure. read it and, and, and then, like, tweak it. You know, yeah. like, I wouldn't start from scratch because I think it would be utter gibberish. But, like... Yeah. If I already had like some kind of idea going, that would be a good one to unlock like other paths. Definitely. I think George Carlin said that his process was write the joke sober and then punch ups with some weed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a that's a pretty good way of going about it. Yeah, he's he's got a good a good try. You should you should just follow his every step. That's right. Hot takes from from Daniel. George Carlin had some interesting things to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're coming up at the end of our first segment, Hannah. This is time for a game. Are you ready for a game? So ready. Amazing. Okay. So this is a game called In It To Minute. In It To Minute. In It To Minute. It's a game where you, Hannah Miller, have 60 seconds to summarize the events that take place in the movie which we did, which was? The Fifth Element. Yeah. So we're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you only have 60 seconds to get through it. Oh Are you God. ready? No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these things. It's been pointed out to me that this is probably Stoner's least favorite thing to do, <laughs> is put them under a lot of pressure to get information out in a short amount of time. <laughs> but I think that's part of the fun. Okay. All right, you ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. 60 seconds and go. Okay. So then there, there's this whole Egypt bit with Luke Perry as the board yep. doodler. And there's an onslaught of white kids yelling in gibberish. And then this guy goes, Aziz, light! And there are these armadillo-inspired robot aliens with Mr. Miyagi-esque pearls of wisdom that show up in a very cool wasp-shaped spaceship. 
and they take these stones and they give this guy the key and then you 30 seconds oh my god you skip to 300 years later there's uh, a supreme being who's gorgeous and is wearing bandages and she is perfect but she needs a balding cab driver to save her and then she saves the world they save the world together with their love the end with their love and isn't that a one? You got 10 more seconds. Eddie. Okay, well, let's one. talk about Chris Tucker as a super <laughs> sexy, hilarious, gender-bending sidekick. <laughs> He's great. And that's it. 60 seconds. Holy. Amazing. <laughs> hey, keep listening to Let's Bogart. When we come back, me and Hannah are going to talk about uh, what we thought of the movie. So if you want to hear about The Fifth Element, stick around. Hannah Miller, when we come back. Amazing. So, The Fifth Element. Yeah. What a movie. I know. It's so old. <laughs> I forgot how old it was. It's 1997. It's so, like, old. what was cutting edge for that? Like, I know. I mean, very different. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's, you know, it's like a timeless kind of good versus evil, like sci fi flick, you know? Yeah. Tongue in cheek. <laughs> Yeah, the story itself is pretty pretty bare bones because they have so much, I think, world building that they're more interested in doing. Mm-hmm. So the the actual story of like her and him and how how they're gonna save the world is pretty like by the numbers Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So that they can do like, okay, this this moment that you know very well, we're now going to have a blue alien in, in the middle of it. Oh, I love her. <laughs> She's so good, but right? But this is the thing is like what I remember from this movie is like the, well, I mean, there's like all these timeless, you know, like, bzzz, like how many, you know, for years I was walking around just like, bzzz, you know, and all the, I don't know, just all these like little little things you know like just multi-pass and like chicken good you know all that like you know there's just these little really quotable moments really cute moments that stick with you and visually the like the jean-paul gautier like costumes and uh Mm -hmm. it was just so beautiful like it's still beautiful absolutely um, yeah, it's really gorgeous. Yeah. He, he does a thing that I think was really different for sci-fi in 1997, which was that the action sequences take place in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Like we've been used to seeing, like Star Wars did it a bit with, with Tatooine and stuff. But even then, like the, the color is all zapped from it. And then like Ridley Scott's Alien, it's all dark and corridors. And you you put on this one and suddenly you're, the, the highway is in the sky and there's tons of cars everywhere. There's all this open space. Yeah. And the colors are popping, like her orange hair is, yeah. and his orange shirt, and uh, all the colors are so hot yeah. in it. Like mm-hmm. it was a very different look for sci-fi at that time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's like it doesn't take space. It doesn't take place in space. Like it, t- you know, like right. I mean, you know, the center of the universe. Into sure, you sure. know, for them is New York City. So, you know, it was like from buttfuck nowhere, Egypt, we go to where it all happened, you know, New York City. And it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, all right. But it is like what you were like that city, like the the sort of top city, like, you know, there's that point where they go and they hide in the fog, like in the 
it's so cool like he goes through layers and layers of these like flying cars to get to the old city where it's just smog and dirt and you know like <laughs> it's like it's it's a really cool idea that sort of we kept building up you know like and, yeah 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 and what you said about the world building i think is a good point it's always such a challenge in sci-fi because you have to set up your premise right like yeah because it's not now it's not here it's to take you to a different sort of reality or or a different version of reality right so sure there's always a lot of world building that, that happens in sci-fi and i think what i was going to say was who knows um just that i guess just that i appreciate um I, oh just that it's always kind of based on very rudimentary kind of you know like oh we need some sort of like you know device that saves the the or that, yeah, that fights yeah. against so let's put it in ancient egypt you know it's like this sort of mystification <laughs> of you know like sort of stargate does the same thing right sure, there's that yeah. kind of like let's take an ancient culture and just like put it you know so mm -hmm. it's 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 very much based on the eurocentric or america centric like world we live in now it's just a slightly different you know aesthetic yeah apparently the uh, on all of the cars you can't you don't ever get to see it but the license plates are mm -hmm. all like this new new york license plate so the state slogan apparently is new york the fuck you state <laughs> which which is pretty fun for some animator to get to throw into their movie yeah <laughs> that's very silly what a silly detail <laughs> what a silly little detail mm -hmm. uh 80 million dollars spent on the effects in this movie mm -hmm. which at the time made it the most expensive movie ever made wow yeah that, that's a lot of money that's a ton of money but you see all of it on screen like it's really like that you were talking about the costumes in this in this thing yeah. are just outstanding everything that gary oldman wears everything that chris tucker wears yeah holy shit yeah so fucking cool gorgeous apparently gary oldman did the movie um as a favor to luke Besson, who uh obviously they had done the professional before um mm -hmm. and then gary oldman was making his movie nil by mouth which i've never seen but apparently he uh he got luke Besson to invest pretty heavily in it so he did this movie as a favor without reading the script Oh, and you scratch my back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so an interviewer asked him, oh, and, and do you like the movie? And his quote was, hold on, I got it right here. He, uh, do you like the movie? And he said, oh, no, I can't bear it. <laughs> so I don't think you they used him. You can kind of tell that he's press. like kind of peeved. <laughs> yeah. You he's, know? he's a little he's bit bothered. Much, yeah. I think because there's a real cartoon element to this too mm -hmm. like unlike and you know really scott alien or or even star wars like star wars is like young and fun and whatever but there's a real element of performances mm -hmm. in this one that go into the cartoony mm -hmm. and his for sure goes there oh like my favorite performance in the whole movie beyond chris tucker whom i think sure. just kills it um oh god does he ever is this guy called Charlie Creed Miles. He plays David. He's like the priest lackey. He's so good. He, That's what I would say while I was watching it. I was like, where is this guy now? He is he's so funny. He's the best. 
He looks like he, you know, he looks like one of Miranda's boyfriends from Sex and the City. I and mean, he, he's like, he looks like nobody special, you know, like, <laughs> I don't think he's ever done anything else. But why would you? That was the performance of a lifetime. It was just oh, every, I, I I, every move he makes, I just <laughs> kills me. He's so good. And, and there's a lot of really good performances. And I think like seeing Ian Holm mm-hmm. and he, he does a lot to bring gravitas to the film, but he's having, he, unlike Gary Oldman, who looks like he's being cartoony because he's been asked to mm-hmm. Ian Holm really looks like he's having a blast, mm-hmm. like the time of his life while he's doing mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Yeah. Where he gets to go the, the fifth element and then like <laughs> falls backwards and completely faints. It's amazing. <laughs> But oh, no one's no one's performance sings like Chris Tucker's. It's where did he even? Okay, so apparently they were before they cast Chris Tucker. They were asking both Prince and Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. if they were interested in taking the role. Obviously, they said no. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that seems to have informed a lot of what they did with the the costuming of of ruby rod mm-hmm. and of chris tucker's uh uh what he's aiming for with the performance i think yeah i can totally i could tell that it was based on prince like that prince was the inspiration at least sure. um i think michael jackson would have done a terrible job he would have been so meek like i yes. mean that you know like it's like mousy kind of voice like no 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 i think you need somebody i think you need a comedian that. you need a comedian yeah. you need somebody who's like fully in the moment like when they are when they're in the hotel and like the attack starts and there he's got the chris tucker's got the stones and they're like under the table and there's like explosions or whatever and you know bruce willis is like count to ten and he's like one two and then he just screams for like a solid <laughs> minute at the top you can hear the microphone like you know distorting yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like not everybody there is probably holding their breath <laughs> You know, it's like the whole room is just going, oh, my God. Like, he was just inside of it, you know? And that's oh like, God. you know, in every minute of it, like, when he's he's giving that flight attendant head and she's asking him, he's like, yeah, you're the best I've ever had, you know, or whatever it is. He's so, I don't want my position. I want all positions. Yeah, he's just, he's so inside of it. It's, yeah. it's just such a pleasure. He's so playful. And finding so many different colors in it, too, to go from like his introduction as like the really confident, aggressive um, uh, 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 talk show host, uh, giving way to when the situation turns from what it normally would be in like a Hollywood party or whatever to the action sequence that they're at war. To have that flip for a character is just such a gift to, to do it. And he does both of them so, so well. You really buy him as the person who can bzz at people and have them disappear. And when like Bruce Willis grabs him by the throat and picks him up off the ground, he's so funny yeah. when he's in that vulnerable state. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, and those oh. last lines that he speaks, the what you screaming for? That like, you know, he's just like, <laughs> like timeless. He goes from just elation that they've won the day to like, what are you screaming <laughs> for? I'm leaving. Yeah. So. Oh, he's, yeah. He, he just found so much in that. And the, the costumes do so much for him, but his, his physicality, the voice. Oh, he was just, 
yeah, he's a real, even to look back at 1997 from now, that performance is timeless. Yeah, and it sort of salvages a little bit of uh, sort of gender politics, uh, you know, like with his sort of gender bending kind of, you know, he's got his like flock of of guys that are fawning over him. And then he's also this like super sexual, you know, uh, I don't know, player kind of dude. And, uh, you know, he's just got like such a variety in terms of he's he's really gender fluid. Yeah, movie, which is really masculine, really feminine. Yeah, too, yeah, like, like really kind of with ease, right? Like yeah. as if it were nothing, you know. Which I find like very kind of gender forward, um, yeah. considering when it was made. And I mean, in yeah. stark contrast, you have like the sort of Bruce Willis, Mila, you yeah. know, kind of story where it's just so gendered born, <laughs> in all the yeah, wrong ways. Born yesterday, and like she, we we worship her, and she's perfect. Oh my god! And, but, we don't really get to know what I her mean, personality is. <laughs> she is infantilized and objectified simultaneously. Yeah. And yeah. someone should spend an afternoon counting the times they refer to her as perfect. So I would yeah. Google that. Yeah. It's yeah, it's really not great. And then like Which, a supreme being who can kick ass and like absorb gunshots and, you know, oh, survive man. anything needs this like balding cab driver 45 year old cab driver yeah, to tell her like, that he loves her yeah so that she can sort of you know uh yeah it just yeah, it no, could it, use an update but it's it could really use but it's update. still a super cool iconic sci-fi role for a woman uh, yeah. like she gets she, to she gets to do all of that and i think yeah. she does it brilliantly she really does. Apparently she she learned that language the the divine language or whatever that she uses mm-hmm. uh was a, a language that Luc Besson had, had written the I, the first idea of, of this script when he was a teenager and uh he had developed this language that included like 400 words so she ca- he came in to talk to her and say like okay i can like teach this language to you phonetically she's like dude i speak four languages just teach me the language mm-hmm. so they would like write notes to each other back and forth and eventually she was just like having full conversations with him using the made up language i wish i could put that on my resume you know like oh it's really cool right the divine language why? What do you speak? Think- you know, <laughs> what? No, no big deal. Uh, yeah, she's and she kicks ass. That fucking fight scene where she fights all the the, the alien dudes. One of my like, favorites. Smacks them around. Yeah, and there's so much like Bugs Bunny in it too. Yeah. Like she's funny and incredible. Like physically to be able to do all that shit and jump around like that. Yeah. Like she looks like she can throw a punch. Like she's juggling so much shit in that sequence. It's an iconic scene, that fight scene, right? Because it's all with the opera and like this beautiful music. Like, oh, it's like harrowing and, you know, exhilarating and cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, like this whole, I I love it when, when fight sequences sort of use a lot of agility and like almost ballet, you know, kind of like in Firefly. That sort of ballerina warrior vibe. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. She did it. She did a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So the the guy who wrote um, Valerian, who published it back in the 70s, Jean-Claude Mizier, 
um, was approached by Bassan and paid for some of his visuals that he had in Valerian, which was noteworthy only because um, apparently George Lucas had lifted a bunch of stuff from Valerian for Star Wars, almost like un, uh, uh, unchanged. Apparently, like Darth Vader's suit and the Carbonite and the Slave Leia bikini were all taken from this writer's uh, 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 and and illustrator's uh, book that he had written. So in '97, when Bassan was making this thing, he was he went up to him and said, "Hey, I already have the designs that I'm looking at to steal from you, basically, but we want to pay you to come and work." on our on our film and so he came in and was like one of the visual supervisors to to help decide how this movie was going to look well that seems nice and that seems like a cool thing i think that's pretty nice to know that you know because he's basan is obviously taking uh, a note out of star wars as well star wars was like 30 years prior to this or 20 years prior to this mm -hmm. so yeah i think that was i think that's a nice thing yeah and then basan actually went on to direct uh, the Valerian movie, which I started, but I stopped because it was very bad. <laughs> I like Bassan. I mean, I love the professional. Oh, the professional is so good. Did he do anything else? That's, I'm trying to think. There of was one. Mo there was one other one that was super famous that I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, screw it. I'm not going to Google it. I'm too lazy. No, no, no. It's 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 fine. This is this is what this show is about. Yeah. We're a couple of stoners. So <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, uh, Jean Renault was going to be Corbin Dallas at one point. Really? Yeah. I, th I think they like as Bruce, as much as Bruce, Will I think Bruce Willis does. I know an okay job in this movie. Like it's before he becomes like bald Bruce Willis where nothing affects him. And he's just like impenetrable. <laughs> I think he's actually trying to do some things and feeling things in, in the movie, hmm. but I do think that he's a better fit for this character than Jean Renault. I don't know. It would be a completely different movie. I guess that's true. Um, the thing is that the thing that's most important about Corbin Dallas is mm. his like military background and his like, you know, which yes. with Bruce Willis, I always find a little bit hard to believe just because he's such a like, he plays the standoffish so much more than the, you know, like he's not like, Having been in the military, I'm like, sure. someone that standoffish doesn't go up the ranks. Like, they just don't, you know? Like, you would have to have a certain amount of, um, you know, team player kind of spirit. <laughs> and Which he really does. No, they go out of their so, way to really establish him as the guy who so he, is not going to fall. Yeah, so he's like, you know, he plays the badass and the whatever and the, yeah, I know how to fly a spaceship very easily, you know? Like, but I don't, I don't actually buy him as, like, a warrior, whereas someone like Jean Reno, I think, could give that a bit more of, a, of depth. And then the other that's thing true. that's important about his character is his love for her and how difficult it is for him to, you know, and why that's difficult and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. there's no, as far as I can tell, no reason with Bruce Willis why it's hard for him to love her, other than she's mm. two days old and, yep. you know, uh, is she human? No, You know, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and way out of his league. So I don't know. I, I just think that the, those things, uh, it would have been a completely different movie. Corbin Dallas would have been a, a rounded character sure. with some sort of conflict and, you know, some tension, some three-dimensionality. 
this way it's another bruce willis flick right it's like this yeah. same you know plug any kind of you know it's like he's done one performance in front of a green screen and he's just used it so many times in different films you know like <laughs> yeah. change the adr like yeah yeah Every Christmas I go back and I watch Die Hard cuz it's my my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> and to see him there where he's trying to prove himself and has a really good script under him that gives his character motivation and imperfection and not being able to handle everything in the in the right way. I it's just so much more interesting to watch an actor like that be, struggle with things mm -hmm. than to see that the kinds of performances that he's doing now where he's he's basically just showing up to show his face yeah just glib and untouchable yeah 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 yeah, yeah. very disinteresting yeah. come on bruce yeah give us something better the only other thing that i wanted to i i found really interesting in this is there's there's a scene where uh to when yeah he's first Corbin Dallas is taking off with the fifth element in his uh, uh, in his car. And there's two cops who are waiting around for their McDonald's. Oh, orders. Yeah. <laughs> the actor who's playing the guy who's like, and I'm definitely thirsty. Uh, that guy is named Mac McDonald. No. Yes. Oh, my God. It's the role he was born to play. All right, Hannah. Well, we're coming up at the end of this segment, which means it's time for another game. Are you ready? Aziz, light! Aziz, light! Oh, much better, Aziz. Thank you. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is a rapid-fire round that's called Reefer Madness. Please of glory. So I'm just going to ask you some questions, and you just have to answer them how you would answer them. All right. But there's no time limit on this one. Okay. All right, you ready? No. <laughs> Reefer Madness. Number one, are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or hybrid or dibrid? Neither. None of them. No. I'm I'm an I'm an um, omnivore. Omnivore. <laughs> I like that. There's gotta be a, I'm gonna come up with something for that too. Number two, uh, what what's your favorite movie featuring cannabis? Uh um oh my god, uh Pootie Tang. <laughs> nice. Uh, number three, uh, a fictional or real person, living or dead, that you would most want to smoke with? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm thinking too much. Um, <laughs> fuck it. Charlie Chaplin. Oh, that's a good one. That'd be fun. He would be a fun guy to fucking roll a blunt with. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. A fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Uh, like a location? Oh, yeah. Mexico on a hammock at the beach. Ooh, yes, no doubt. Good. Been there, done that. Incredible. Would do it again every day of my life. <laughs> Next question. Five out of five. Yep. Recommend. Number five. Movie that would be improved if only the characters were smoking cannabis. All of them. Amen. And number six. Can you make the sound of your favorite cannabis consumption method? The sound of my favorite consumption. Okay. Uh, I'm doing it. Can you hear it? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> Can you do it louder? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Amazing. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Come back. Stick around. We're going to come back and we're going to find out if we puff or pass on the fifth element with Hannah Miller. Don't go anywhere. I can't wait. And now it's time for a segment called What Does Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. In this episode, we dealt with The Fifth Element is the movie that uh, that Hannah uh, Miller and I watched. Um, based on just that title, which does not give you a lot to go on, what do you think a movie called The Fifth Element would be about? A sci-fi. Sci-fi, that's exactly right, yeah. Is it? Oh. Yeah, it is. That's a great <laughs> guess. <laughs> so uh, it's like the, the, four, the four elements that they, they talk about are like uh, uh, water, air, fire, and earth. Yes. So if they were making a story about a fifth element, what would that story be about? Oh, boy. Space. Space, yeah, yeah. There could be a person in it going into space or exploring, maybe. Mm-hmm. And if he, uh, if the the explorer uh, was doing anything in space, what what would he what would he be doing? Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> you're recording this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this isn't your your normal uh, 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 area of expertise. You're not sitting around thinking about what uh, what kind of movies, how to create a movie or anything in your normal everyday life, are you, Mom? Uh, no, Daniel, I am not. <laughs> I have much better things to do. <laughs> what would you rather be doing than thinking about what the fifth element might be right now? Um, either outside doing something engaging and active, like biking, walking. Um, uh well skating even uh, sure. or uh, connecting with people i think i, I get mm. my energy from connecting with people whether that's um you know my family or friends or community or reaching out to mm. those in need by uh, especially this time during covid i i found myself mm. um thinking almost every day who lives alone who mm. needs a phone call who needs mm-hmm. somebody to come in front of their picture window like the 89-year-old across the street from me just to jump up and down, wave my hands, and say, Happy New Year? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a day worth well, well spent. You know, it's funny because I, I started this podcast because you, you, I, I, I grew up in your, your house, so you know how interested in movies I've always been. Yes. And I enjoy not only not only watching movies, but also dissecting movies and talking about movies with people. That's a way that I seek out to to connect with with other people. Mm. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I've taken a, a little bit of what uh, what you have and then uh, added some other stuff that uh, you don't give a shit about. <laughs> you are your own unique self, Daniel, and I love you for it. Oh, I love you, too, Bob. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to tell you what The Fifth Element is actually about. This, Mom, was the first VHS that I ever owned. Like, we oh had a bunch goodness. of VHS that, that you, the parents, had bought for both me and Bobby, my brother. Um, but then one day, we were, it was Christmas time, and we were given a little bit of money, and we were able to go and pick out a VHS to own. Bobby picked out Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, and I picked out The Fifth Element. Somewhere in the mid-90s. 
Mm-hmm. And my best friend, Eric Landry, refused to watch it with me because he had seen one reviewer say that it was the new Star Wars. And he said, well, the old Star Wars is good enough for me, so I don't need to watch the fifth element. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so on IMDb, which is the International Movie Database online, uh, a guy named Murray Chapman, whoever he is, writes, in the colorful future, a cab driver unwittingly becomes the central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil and Mr. Zorg at bay. Mm. So, based on that description, is that a movie that you would want to tune into? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, let me see if I can change your mind by telling you about what nudity, violence, language, and drugs are in it. (laughs) Oh, that's going to really change my mind. (laughs) I figure, probably. So, uh, in terms of nudity, a man engages in an off-camera oral sex act with a woman. Her facial expressions during the implied act is shown. She seems to have an orgasm, but only her feet are shown. So it doesn't show anything explicitly. Uh, Violence. A man is shown, quote unquote, bleeding some sort of unexplained black goo from his forehead, implied to be the work of an evil alien. In terms of language, there is five shits, one bastard and one goddamn. Uh, and drugs, a Rastafarian man is shown smoking what seems to look like a marijuana cigarette. So based on that, does that change your uh, mind on uh, whether you'd want to see The Fifth Element or not? No, not at all. <laughs> what if I told you Bruce Willis stars in it? Do you like Bruce Willis? Uh, yes, but... Um, it's, not enough yeah, to... The, not enough, yeah, it's not the actor that I would go after, although sometimes I say, oh, so-and-so, I really like him, so I'd like sure. to watch his movie. But uh, because you've given me this information, uh, I'd say, no. There's lots of other movies I'd rather watch. (laughs) What's a movie you'd rather watch than Fifth Element? Oh, boy. Um, Oh, we just finished uh, the Christmas season. So, of course, uh, White Christmas. White Christmas. um, What's the one uh, where uh, uh, the guy loses all his money and... um, Oh. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Yes, thank you. It's a Wonderful Life, yep. Yeah. uh, we just watched when Harry met Sally. That was oh, just a nice, so light, fun. Sometimes I'm just in the mood for nothing heavy, nothing too serious, just a light, entertaining uh, movie. So Yeah. Well, that's kind of how I would describe this movie, but I understand that you're in my understanding of light and entertaining are slightly different. <laughs> oh, and so uh, this episode, we uh, I, I connected with my friend Hannah Miller. Hannah Miller was in the Soul Pepper Academy with me. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And she starred as Abigail in The Crucible. Do you remember coming mm-hmm. to see The Crucible at Soul Pepper? Yes, I do remember seeing The Crucible, but. So she oh, was the okay. young girl who like started the whole like witch, witch hunt thing. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, uh, if Hannah were at your doorstep in, in Alberta and uh, I was there, we were coming for dinner, uh, how would you welcome her into your home? Hi, Hannah. Daniel said that you were coming with him today. Come on in and have a seat. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for uh, uh, coming on today, Bob. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Can you, uh, can you tell my listeners thanks for listening to this episode? Thanks for all you who are listening today. Keep positive and test negative. 
Amen. I love you, Bumpy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, so Hannah, this is the this is the part where we decide on this movie. Do we puff or pass? Puff or pass? Oh my goodness, this is so hard. I know it's a hard one, right? I I've been thinking about this one. I still don't know what I'm going to say. Me neither. Most other movies, I've been able to go like, eh, this one isn't really a, a, a puff for me, or the, this one is definitely a, a, a puff. But this one, I go back and forth because the, the you're right. There's a lot of like really cool things gender wise in this movie that I I think are so interesting and exciting and and whatever. But the main crux of the plot is is really hard to stomach. I think in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother you all the time is the thing. It's not constantly sure. in your face, right? I mean, I would, let's let's put it this way. You know the, like, skip intro button? Yes. They need, like, a skip 300 years button. Absolutely. For this one. You got to get to the cool shit, you know? Like, the whole <laughs> Egypt thing is uh, inaccurate yeah. and kind of annoying, and it's yeah. really unnecessary. Yes. Um, and then, and then it's just a cool silly you know movie we've seen before but with like you said brighter colors and and cooler yeah. effects you know like uh, i don't know in terms of like I, I would i would puff i would puff on this yeah i think you know for 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 gary oldman and ian holm in this i i think they're just so good for mila jovich's performance mm -hmm. though she's hampered by the fact that she's only a sex object she gets to do some really fun things that she like does really well mm -hmm. and then chris tucker man chris tucker's performance is just astounding he mm -hmm. eats up every single frame every frequency of the sound spectrum he inhabits and it's so much fun to watch the acting is across the board really good notwithstanding <sighs> yeah. bruce willis and it yeah. is and it is a fun movie and for for bilbo baggins yeah. let's give it a puff come on yeah absolutely okay I'll, I'll give it a puff too i think everyone should check this movie out if they haven't seen it or if they've only seen it once you know take a take a look at it again it's been it's been a while grab some pedro sweet sativa there you go <laughs> amazing well hannah thank you so much for being on the show today pleasure it was such a blast getting to talk to you. Um, do you have anything that uh, upcoming or anything that people should check out? Where Fuck you want no. people's eyes to be? No, <laughs> go look for something. Do something creative. Don't don't worry about me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Do something creative for yourself. Put something out in the world that uh, that people can enjoy. Yeah. We we're all stuck in our houses right now, so it'd be nice to be able to check out what people are doing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, <laughs> Hannah Miller, you're one of the most special people I know. So thank yeah, thanks a lot for doing the show. So much fun. Thanks, Daniel. Buddy! Yay! Yay, we did it. <laughs> well, folks, that's the episode. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, you can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online. Uh, you can't follow my guest anywhere, but a big thank you to Hannah Miller for coming on the show. Hannah, you're awesome. You should always check out any show that Hannah is a part of because she is excellent and makes any project she's a part of better than it was. Well, folks, that's the episode. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, you can follow my mom nowhere because she is not online. 
at least not in any way that uh, she would want you to follow her. So uh, leave her alone. Just leave her alone. She's great. She's enjoying her life. You enjoy yours. Uh, you can follow my good friend JJ Thompson, who did the uh, uh, produced the uh, theme song and all of the music stings for the show. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at JJ and his dog. He's got a ton of musical things going on. He's uh, part of JJ and the Pillars. Uh, he's doing a, 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 another electronic uh, 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 bass project that's really exciting. So, yeah, go give him a follow. Check out all the cool musical things that he's doing. He's awesome. Um, you can follow the podcast uh, uh, at Let's Bogart on both Instagram and Twitter. I believe there's still a Facebook group, although Facebook just kicked me off for posting my trailer. And they didn't tell me exactly why, what part of it was uh, inappropriate for Facebook, but uh, it might mean that my time on Facebook is coming to a close. What good is it doing me anyways, other than being on Messenger, because I need to be in contact with some people. Um, you can also uh, uh, subscribe, you can rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you get your podcasts, a rate and review really helps us get the word out there and uh, attract other people who might want to listen to the program just like you. So uh, yeah, do all those things. That would be awesome. You can also visit danielwilliston.com slash let's-bogart. If you're looking for my website, that's where it is. Uh, you can get all the episodes there, and you can uh, send me a message and tell me what do you think, what do you, uh, what, what strains you want to hear about. Do you want to hear about a specific movie? Do you think that there would be a great guest to have on? Uh, uh, send me a message on my website, www.danielwilliston.com, and uh, I will uh, get back to you or take it under consideration at the very least. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you're having a good time, and I can't wait for you to uh, 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 come back next week because we will Bogart once more. And then, like, a supreme being who can kick ass and, like, absorb gunshots and, you know, survive anything needs this, like, balding cab driver. 45-year-old cab driver yeah, to tell her like, that he loves her. Yeah, so that she can sort of, you know... Uh, 